Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It is a wonderful, wonderful night to be talking about fantasy football. I'm your host, Tim Petrop. Here are my two brothers, the only two twins that give you all that, all that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. What up, guys? What's up, Tim? Help me, Tim. Yo, good good sports day. We got Thursday Night Football on. We got the Knicks playing, the undefeated Bulls. And bonus, the World Series isn't even on tonight, so we're not even missing a World Series game. The old World perfect. Series, baby. What are you talking about? Wasn't the World Series just on? No, it's World. not on today. What were you just checking, Michael? Was, oh, was, was that yesterday's World Series game? Oh, I guess it was yesterday's World Series game. Damn. I, my <laughs> Idiots. I who's saw, no game today. Yeah, who's, I saw, so I put it on. I guess it Who's was playing strong. the replay of yesterday's World Series game? Uh, everyone the M- nf blah, 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 nbc sports one or whatever what else are they going to show mm, i guess did you see about the the mlb rankings by the way i mean the ratings the ratings are up like 10 to 20 percent from last year where it was lower they they're average they like got like they got like 14 million more viewers i mean last year was tough for baseball man with the 60 game season like it was a very fluky yeah. type year yeah but uh it's good it's good to see baseball coming back although I'd like to see I'd like to see some old baseball back. I'd like to see that shift band. But we're a football we're a football show. So we're gonna stick to football. We got Thursday night football on the background, as you guys know, when we record these shows. If you want to hear the Thursday night um episode, I mean the Thursday night preview, excuse me, plus the waiver episode, that is a perk that the patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy have and in fact, you can get that perk if you join us at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. At patreon.com slash brotofantasy, you can get a ton of extras. The most important is the Waiver Wire podcast, access to our exclusive Discord with the best, the best, the best fans in the world. Like, for real. Like, we're all, we're all boys in there and, and, and gals, and uh, it's a good time every time we talk football there. Um, the DFS Optimizer that has been giving winning DFS plays every single week, literally making money if you are a patron of ours. And of course, all of those proceeds go towards the Brodo, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. On the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, it is literally the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. You get player cards, which are basically player profiles except cooler. Uh, you get the Start Sit tool, which has matchup ratings and player ratings. Player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and exclusive statistics that you're going to hear us cite today. True throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, points per opportunity excluding TDs, and adjusted air yards. And our newest stat, points over average, which shows a defense and what they give, how many points more or less they give up not to tight ends as a whole, but only the tight end units that they've played. So if someone plays Travis Kelsey and they give up 17 points to the tight end, that overall is skewed. Or if someone plays a team that doesn't even throw the tight end, not at all, and gives up two points to the tight end, the data is skewed. This way, it fixes that. It gives you how many more points did they give up to these guys um, over average. And it is available only on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app for free right now everywhere you can get your apps. So the buys are not as bad this week. Uh, 
Bipocalypse is over. Um, we have another crazy bye week next week. But let's get right into the action today. I feel like talking football. And DeAndre, is that DeAndre Hopkins? Yep. Huge play for DeAndre Wow, Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, huge touchdown. I don't know who that corner was on that play. There's a flag, but he just completely... Flag. He, uh, he face-masked the corner the entire way. Like, from the 20-yard line, just grabbing his face mask. So, mm-hmm. uh, they're actually at the 21 now. DeAndre Hopkins... With your, sl- your slow-ass TV. No, DeAndre Hopkins is currently scoring a touchdown every six catches. I think this is the stat. Yeah, his his it's lit. His career high is every thirteen. That's his career high. He's absolutely out of his mind uh, in the red zone right now. So I mean, he has what six touchdowns this year. He had six last year. Yeah, all of last shit, year. So, so yeah. all right, let's go to the first game. Uh, although you're gonna hear us, you're gonna hear us talk about this game every once in a while, um, like like live play by play. The Panthers at the Falcons. Uh, let's start at the tight end. Everyone wants to talk oh. about. <laughs> Everyone. Guys, it's up season. Up. <laughs> Started off hot. Ha 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 Mike Davis, guys. What a buffoon that guy is. Sheesh. Buffoon. That was like I started that Falcons game with a with a rant about how Mike Davis was a a dedu. Like the definition, if you look up dedu in the internet, I mean on Google, it's Mike Davis, and people are ranking him as like RB fifteen. People I respect. Listen, I didn't respect that, but I respect everything else outside. And he went and put up four rushes and fucking, <laughs> I don't even know how many yards because these are the fucking to do. Disgusting. So you're sitting Mike Davis. Ha. Ha ha ha. Jason, that's I'll that's start a, this that, one. that is the second week in a row where Jason has interrupted the flow <laughs> to rant about Mike Davis. I had to. I have in my notes, Mike Davis, all caps. Ha 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 ha. That's that was from my notes from Mike Davis, which is why I couldn't cite his actual yardage. <laughs> Those are some high quality notes. Um, let's start with the guy everyone wants to talk about, Kyle Pitts. Uh, look, at at the moment, this is this is a great opportunity to introduce you to points over average because this is something that the math magician himself, Santiago Casanova, cooked up, where they where you look at only what the tight ends that the team played did rather than against the whole league. So, for example, even though the Panthers are 19th in points per game to the tight end, it's because they played a weak tight end schedule. They're actually the sixth best matchup in points over expected. They give up way over what is expected of the tight points ends. Points over average. But points. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Points over average. Excuse me. So, could Kyle Pitts take advantage again? That is the question. Um, for me, I, I think that I, I, I foresee Kyle Pitts coming down to earth just a little bit. They're getting healthier and there's more options on the field. I wrote in my sell high, Kyle Pitts is one of my sell highs because I just think that he had two perfect opportunities against Miami, who's probably the worst defense in football. And then against the Jets, when there was no Calvin Ridley, no Russell Gage, Russell Gage is back. Calvin Ridley's back. I don't. I think that his value is not going to be higher. But with that being said, I think he does have a chance to succeed this week. And he's got a floor of tight end six to eight every single week, even if he has off weeks. So you got to be happy uh, about that, at least. Uh, Jason, what are your feelings about Kyle Pitts? I mean, you're definitely starting him this week for sure. He's coming off to the two best games of his career. And the interesting thing, too, is Russell Gage came back last week and he didn't. 
play the, the slot every week like he did last year. He played 52% of the snaps out wide, and he was being used as a downfield weapon, which is good news for Kyle Pitts, who can keep getting intermediate targets, and bad news for Calvin Ridley, who you expected to get some downfield targets, who is has a lower yards per attempt than he did last year, and who has one finish outside inside the top 25 receivers. So it's looking like the return of Russell Gage might hurt Calvin Ridley a little more than Kyle Pitts just based on the one-game sample. So that's what I want to see going into this game. You're definitely starting Kyle Pitts. Interesting. So let's go to Calvin Ridley. Calvin I just want to Rid- say real quick, though, yeah. I, I cannot disagree with more about Kyle Pitts with Tim. We're on completely opposite spectrums with this guy. He's coming into his own. Two monster games back-to-back with the Atlanta offense finally playing better. It's just very dumb to think that he's just going to stop being a monster, in my opinion. I think he's going to be a monster the rest of the way. Chase Edmonds touchdown, by the way. First touchdown of the season. Yeah, Was that out of a Wildcat? I just traded for Chase Edmonds. It was Wildcat, yeah. Chase Edmonds has been highly efficient. He's leading the league in yards per touch. Yards per carry, excuse me. Pretty Uh, upsetting because, you know, I'm starting James Conner in more leagues. But, oh, wow, it was Wildcat. Fire. Yeah. Um. Calvin wow, Ridley this guy doesn't listen to us at all. Yeah, Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley. It's Calvin. <laughs> he's he's been sucking, man. There's no really way <laughs> other way to put it. But this is a good matchup. He faces the 29th ranked DVOA against um, number one receivers. They are giving up eight catches and 85 yards a game to number one receivers. Could this finally be the week that Calvin Ridley has a game? I am uh, I am on the let's give Calvin Ridley one more shot train here before we start saying he's having a bust-type season, which he is so far, if we're being honest. I think anyone who drafted Ridley high is certainly um, very upset at themselves for doing so. He's either been hurt or underperforming in every single game this season. Um, he has one game over 11.5 fantasy points in half EPR settings. That is not not good, but he is ninth. Overall, in true target value, he's still getting targets. He just had 10 targets against Miami. The last time he played, he missed the game against the Jets, but he had 13 targets against Washington, 11 targets against the Giants, 10 against Tampa, 8 against Philly. This guy is an absolute target machine. Like Jason, like I said, Kyle Pitts is coming on. Teams are going to have to start paying more attention to him. Cordero Patterson is basically the starting running back now. And, I mean, he's just better than Mike Davis. So teams got to pay more attention to Davis as well. I mean, excuse me, Patterson as well. I think this might be the game where Calvin Ridley finally has a game where you say, there you go, that's the Calvin Ridley that we saw last year when Julio wasn't there. Michael, from your mouth to, to God's ears, brother. I, 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 need, I need that one. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I tend to agree. I, I don't like Russell Gage on the other side. I don't really like any of the pass catchers outside of that. Are you guys on the Russell Gage bandwagon this week? or The no. Panthers have been very good against the number two options on teams. And there's only two teams on by this week. You don't need to start someone like Russell Gage. Like maybe you had two in a pinch last week, which would have worked out. But I'm I'm not interested in that. The Panthers are the number one defense against in, in fantasy in both overall and in um, uh, points, points over, average. over average. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to get used to that. POA is how I like refer, refer to it. So POA is the stat points over average. And... They're first in both categories, so they're only giving up like 13 points a game to running backs. Patterson is not a running back running back, but the last time the entire Falcons team was healthy was week one, and that was the only week that Patterson hasn't really put up something. 
I just get bad bad vibes from Patterson. I have to I have to start Patterson or Javante Williams against Washington in a league. What would the you fact do? that you're questioning that is Sean the non-believer, Michael. Sean. <laughs> I mean, it's Patterson it's or Javante Williams is Bro, one of the dumbest things I've heard. Bugging. Car- Tell me why. This is this is the game where Cordell Patterson last week took over the backfield, and now now you're weary. It's the number one defense. The fuck are you babbling about? Earlier in the year, he was doing it on 30% of the snaps, but now that he plays 70% of them, now you're worried? Yeah, I'm about to knock you out. <laughs> you're starting him easily, man. Sean, the non-believer, Charlie. Oh, man. Michael's going to knock me out. I don't, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. All right. Um, let's go. Matt Ryan, mid-range, mid-range QB2. Um, let's go over to the Panthers. Panthers? So, look, yep, in the theory... This is a phenomenal matchup. Yes, in theory. Uh, points over points over average, POA. Fifth best matchup against the quarterback. Fourth best matchup against the running back. Sixth best matchup against the wide receiver. It is literally top six across the board in terms of matchups. The only problem is Sam Darnold has been sucking, sucking as hard as possible. Yes. So putting those two together, it's like immovable object, meat. Unstoppable force. Who will it be? Who will be worse, Sam Darnold or the Falcons defense? Uh, there's no way I bet on Sam Darnold. All right, at but do you any all right, point in the near future? Do you, you just bet got on bench for PJ Walker? Do you bet on his weapons though? PJ Walker sucked when he came you in. You bet by on way. DJ Moore. Well, yeah, you bet on DJ Moore. You bet on Chuba Hubbard, and that's about it. You don't trust anyone else on this team. I think it's very clear at this moment. Jason. Robbie Anderson is setting, I'm sorry, real quick, a clinic on how to be the least efficient pass catcher of all time. It is absolutely absurd what he is doing. I agree. I mean, we went over on the Monday pod exactly what he's doing and exactly how bad he's doing. It's like next level. It's like multiple games of like three for uh, on uh, three catches on 11 targets, like around that number. For like eight yards. It's, oh, goodness gracious, it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> But with that being said... Maybe not the worst dart throw against the Falcons. Even that, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm just not trusting Robbie Anderson right now. Jason, what about you? Nah, fuck that. He's putting on a clinic of how to be overrated to do because that's what Robbie Anderson is. Been saying for years, the guy can't catch a ball in traffic. He's a skinny fuck. And when your quarterback can't throw a deep pass and connect with you, well, you know what happens? You suck, and he's sucking right now. There's no way I'm taking that shot. Even DJ Moore, man, he went from – Wide receiver, this is game log this year. Wide receiver 31, 11, 12, 13, 50, 38, 23. You, you see him getting affected by Sam Darnold's worst play. Yeah. He has the skill to overcome. Robbie Anderson doesn't, and there lies the difference. He looked like he was going to be like a locked and loaded wide receiver one at yeah. one point this season, and now he's back to his inconsistent type ways because of how bad Sam Darnold has been. But I'm in on uh, nothing makes you think that this Falcons defense is the cure. Like Sam Donald to put it together a little bit. After what I saw the I last mean, the couple hope. of weeks, like ever since CMC went down, it's just all been downhill, and they just got absolutely dominated by a Giants defense that has not been dominant this year. Like it was. They need to use the running back in the passing game. That too. The first game, the first game CMC was out. DJ Moore ran a bunch of routes from the backfield and killed it. CMC, when he was healthy, ran a bunch of routes from the backfield and killed it. Sam Darnold's not a good quarterback. They got to run those routes from the running back position. 
he, he's got to have more than just you know, one option. Uh, that's for sure. All right, let's get over to our next game, the Titans at the Colts. Now, I want to start with King Henry, of course. Here the we Colts, go, Titans. Here we go. The Colts have been an excellent matchup against the running back, the 28th best matchup in points over average, giving up 18% less points than average and only two rushing TDs so far. So a not great matchup, a terrible matchup. They've been excellent against the running back. 28th best matchup, horrible. So, but this is Derrick Henry. He's already had a game with them. He finishes RB12, didn't get in the end zone. Look, I think Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, but I think like I don't think this is going to be one of his three touchdown games. I think the Colts have a good running defense, and I think this could be one of those. I, I, th- I for me personally, Ryan Tannehill is my star of the week. I, I, I like acquired Ryan Tannehill last week and played him last week, wanting, looking very much forward to this matchup. Um, Tim, what do you guys think about that? I will that? say, right now there. There needs to come a time where Derrick Henry slow downs, one, slows down, one would think, because he's on pace for 2,100 rushing yards and 24 rushing touchdowns. And that doesn't even include his 374 yards through the air that he's also on pace for. He's basically on pace for 2,525. At some point, it needs to stop. <laughs> like, at some point. Uh, I don't know if this is the game, but, like, like Tannehill has been better recently. It's just that Derrick Henry is capping the upside because he's a fucking monster to like another level that he never has been before. So if you're right and it's the game where he doesn't score two touchdowns, it's highly likely that Tannehill's a QB one. I mean, Elijah Mitchell right has now, had a nice game against the indie run defense as well on Monday night. It's not like they can't be beat on the ground. I mean, he had a he had a yes, but he had a like had 100 what, eighteen for a hundred. Right. I mean, it's 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 a good game, but that's over five yards a carry. Yeah, it's a good game. It's one. It's against a run defense that's been really good. He's had he had a good game and a very potent running offense. Just saying, if Elijah Mitchell can do it, Derrick Henry can do it. Yes, <laughs> of course. Yes, yes. But I'm just saying, maybe he's not RB one this week. I got him ranked RB four. Like that's you know that's what I'm talking about here. Let's get to the other guys though. Um, how do you feel about Ryan Tannehill? I think Ryan Tannehill is a, a decent low end uh, QB one play. This week, I'm not, like, super excited about it because um, it is only, like, two bye weeks this week. So, you probably have other options that you could use that you don't have to start Ryan Tannehill. He's gone over 20 and a half points one time this season. And it was against Indy. It was against Indy. Uh, that's a that's a good point. But, I mean, I'm not, like, super excited about it because, like, we love Ryan Tannehill, of course, the true value king, but with Derrick Henry there, the upside has been limited a bit, but we see A.J. Brown coming into his own again, yes, I looking think healthy. I think that's another big, giant key. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think it's um a surprise that that happened when, I mean, Ryan Tannehill went over 20 points again when he was able to use A.J. Brown. So, like, I have Ryan Tannehill as my QB 12. Um I think he's a low-end QB1 this week. I don't think he has a monster game, but I certainly think as long as A.J. Brown and Julio Jones might even play too, as long as they could get going, uh, Tanny will be able to do his thing. I think a lot of people are are like worried about Julio Jones. Michael, you said that his stock is down in, in the Monday episode. Only 29 snaps for Julio last week. He only played 43% of the snaps. Yeah, he left with injuries, right. and like it's just a, such a mess with him, man. And by Such the way, mess. by the way, Anthony Ferkser would be a good start here if this has this hadn't turned into a it's a platoon officially. Anthony Ferkser only played 24 snaps last week. Jeff Swain platoon. Played. It's a platoon, yeah. That's what it is. 
Anthony Ferkser, Jeff Swaim, 38 snaps. Nicole Pruitt, 37 snaps. Like, all these guys were on the field in, in between 35 and 56% of the time. A lot, uh, Some of them were on the field at the same time. Like, Ferkser, he's, he's unplayable at the moment. Yeah. Boys, it's okay because A.J. Brown is back. <sighs> it's true. The man, the myth, the legend. The one and only. 8-133-1 eight, eight, last week, and he also was tackled at the one-yard line. So it could have been an 8-134-2 line extremely easily. You're firing him up. It's been a matter of time for him to get healthy. But it seems like he's healthy again, and that's the hope. Yeah, I was all aboard the A.J. Brown train last week. I ranked him top uh, top five last week, um, top ten this week. He looks like he's back. So as long as he's back, you're starting him every week without thinking about it. Uh, let's go over to the other side, Carson Wentz. He stepped up his game a lot over the past few weeks. He's de- he's a decent play against the Tennessee defense, I think. They're the ninth best matchup according to points. Uh, POA, uh, allowing 15% more points than average. That's even after holding Pat Mahomes to eight points last week. So they're still giving up 15 more, 15% more, and it's that skewed, the data, because they held Patrick Mahomes. That's how bad they've been. And Carson Wentz has been very good. Uh, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you, anyone's noticed, but Carson Wentz has been playing very well. Um, and I love Michael Pittman in this matchup. Uh, 37.7 uh, points per game to the wide receivers. That's 19% uh, points above average. That's the fourth best matchup. How do you feel about this, uh, this battery, Jason? Uh, I'm, I'm throwing out uh, baseball terms right yeah, now. It's the, the world, it's world Series time. What do you think I, about this I get it. I, yeah, I get it with Carson once. You know, he's been playing better. Um, this is a defense that struggled. <clears throat> I'm not ready to throw my eggs in that basket. There's only one team on by. You can find quarterbacks that are better situated than Carson Wentz. Um, the positive part is that Wentz is probably available in your league. So in that sense, he's a good stream. I have him a quarterback 15. I prefer other guys this week. But Michael Pittman, dude, the guy just makes plays, man. He's, he's like a he's he's reminding me of a young Mike Williams right now because Mike Williams never had a large role for his first four years, but he would just make spectacular touchdown catches whenever they did throw him the ball. And that's kind of how he's been. But that's the issue, too. Like in the last two games, he's had seven targets combined. Uh, the difference, though, is that last week he caught a long touchdown and turned it into four one oh five in a touchdown. I'd like to see his work increase a little bit and i think it will against the titans so i'm firing up michael pittman this week me too i like michael pittman a lot in this in this matchup yeah i mean obviously it's against tennessee i just want to hear you say michael pittman is going to do well against tennessee it's literally you can't get a much better matchup i mean of course you unless you're the chiefs and you you don't want to play against tennessee otherwise jonathan taylor has taken the passing game away from naheem hines naheem hines is not a playable player uh, Jonathan yeah. Taylor is probably going to be in for another good game here. I don't think you should overthink it. Yeah, definitely start Jonathan Taylor. I'm I'm very upset because A.J. Dillon has been on the field for mad long. It's, it's really irritating me. But you have to start Jonathan Taylor, of course. He has been an absolute monster. Um, after a semi-slowish start to the season, like it didn't seem like he was going to return the investment people made drafting him in like the top 15 players, two games under 10 points. He's been an absolute monster since then. The last four weeks, 19.9, 31.4, 29.3, and 17.5 fantasy points in half PPR leagues, which is glorious. Um, gets a matchup here against San Fran that is, um, excuse me, not San Fran, against Tennessee. 
that Tennessee has been better against the run than they have uh, than they have been against the pass. But that is not stopping me by any means from inserting Jonathan Taylor happily into into my RB one slot. Um, the Titans have been great against tight ends. Just in case you were thinking about Mo Ali Cox, only allowing six and a half points per game to the tight end. That is a thirty eight percent thirty eight percent less points over average. Sixth worst matchup. Sixth worst. I'm gonna get this right eventually. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Um. T.Y. Hilton and uh, T.Y. Hilton and um, Paris Campbell both out. Yeah, not good. Uh, Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal's shine has dwindled away. He's just he, it if he, seems. he's either going to catch a touchdown or he's not going to be relevant. But he at hasn't all. even been catching touchdowns at this point. Let's go to the next game. Oh my God! Let's make this game simple. Dolphins at the Bills. Start your Bills. Bills defense has been absolutely absurd. Sit your Dolphins. That's that's my summary of this game. Um, I'm going to say my my start in this game, I think that is a sneaky, really good play, is Cole Beasley. Uh, Cole Beasley with Dawson, Dawson Knox out was back up to 87% of the snaps, nine targets. He's out again, and the Dolphins are dead last in DVOA against a slot wide receiver. Dead last. And this is the third best matchup. They give up 20% points over uh, average to wide receivers in general. Boy, oh boy, if I have Cole Beasley, I'm, I'm going to put him in my flex or my wide receiver three spot, and I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be happy after this week. The the only thing that scares me with Cole Beasley is if they take a big lead and then he's not really needed. He sure. does tend to play better in uh, negative game script type games, but I do think Dawson Knox being out certainly helps. I'm not chasing Tommy Sweeney. Um, just, I don't think there's any need for that. But, like, Beasley you're starting, Diggs you're starting, Sanders has been a... Emmanuel Sanders has been a wide receiver, too, this year. Like, he's been great, so you have to start Emmanuel Sanders, too. Love him. I agree with you. Uh, Josh Allen coming off a bye as well. He could be the QB1 this week, easily, in my opinion. That's Sign where me I got up. him ranked? Sign me up. After Mahomes' stinker, um, Josh Allen is now number one in points per game for quarterbacks. And and he even started the season slow, so that's saying something. That guy's an absolute animal. And we didn't mention this, but I think Zach Moss has been solid in, and this game has, like Michael said, run out the clock potential. Where even, I think, Devin Singletary is someone where if I'm desperate, I can throw them in my, I can throw them in my flex. Yeah, that's more desperate. That's, that's a desperate. The only person play. I, I mean, there's two people that I think are semi-interesting on the Miami Dolphins side. Uh, one, Miles Gaskin. Um, Malcolm Brown went on the IR, and that, resulted in Gaskin getting a lot more work last week against Atlanta. 15 rush attempts, four targets, and four receptions. Scored a touchdown as well. That's now two of the last three weeks. It's been ugly for Gaskin on the season, but that's now two of the last three weeks with at least 15 and a half half PPR fantasy points, which is more than Calvin Ridley has had this year, for example. So it hasn't been all bad. And with Malcolm Brown and IR, it does give him some uh, appeal this week as like a flex play. I still think it's a very difficult matchup, so I'm not hyped about it but I do think he has some flex appeal. And then Jalen Waddle, of course, who has been a PPR machine, uh, seven receptions, 10 receptions over the past two weeks with Tua's return. I assume the Miami Dolphins are going to be trailing, which means they're going to have to pass, and Jalen Waddle has been Tua's favorite target. So I think he's another PPR leagues more so, like an eight-catch, 55-yard game I could see, which is nice in PPR leagues, not so much in half PPR or standard. So I wouldn't be chasing Jalen Waddle really, but I do think he fits in a in a wider th- wide receiver three slot. I like Gasicki because you have to play Gasicki, but 
I mean, Gaskin. Oh, right. I completely forgot about Kasiki. Well, he's like a must-start option every week at this yeah, point. Yeah, why is that the you have to play him like like he's, he's some awful tight end? He's He's been a fucking beast. I'm saying you nah, have to play him because he's a beast. At yeah, this, what? you are. You're misinterpreting that one. It's yeah. oh, You have to play him because he's been such a beast. Yeah. Right, I, I was saying, like, I wasn't even thinking about him because I assume you're just starting him if you have him. The dude is a wide receiver, and yeah. you can put him in your tight end spot. It's a cheat code. The man is sick, right? He's mad sick. Right? Uh, Jason, are you? I, I mean, I'm right? I'm not starting. I don't want to start Waddle if I could avoid it. Uh, I am going to so start. So we waddled away. Yeah. I, I, I like Waddle, man. He's been a top 24 receiver the last two weeks. He's been a PPR dynamo, and that's what you need. Against the uh, against the Bills, you need a guy who's going to catch short passes and rack up PPR points because it's going to be tough sledding to get into the end zone. I, I like Waddle as the only pass catcher to start here. 11 points allowed this week. I mean, this year to the quarterback for the Bills. 11 points. 11 points a game. Uh, they rank against QBs, running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers in points over average. 32nd, 31st, 31st, 31st. They are absolutely murdering the league. They are they are absolutely they're shutting everyone down and the and the Dolphins are the Dolphins right now. I think Gasicki and and no one else for me, even Gaskin, even though I think the outlook for Gaskin going forward makes sense. And, uh I I like him more than I did before without Malcolm Brown, not just not in this game. Let's go over to the next game. The Bengals at the Jets. Michael's gonna be at this game. I will be. I'm. I'm pissed off. I gotta watch Mike White at quarterback, yo. Well, like it couldn't at least be Zach Wilson. I understand the Jets are gonna get scraped, but it couldn't at least be Zach Wilson, man. It's gonna be Mike White and or Joe Flacco once he maybe gets benched. You wanna borrow my Geno Smith jersey? <laughs> Just add add insult to pain or what? There's you, a zero percent chance I wear a Geno Smith jersey. Jason, you have a Z- Geno Smith jersey? I do. Yeah. Why? <laughs> it, was a, it was a rookie mistake by uh, my girlfriend Roxana. Uh, was the first gift she ever got me. So you probably got it. You were like, "Oh, this is amazing. Thank you." But really inside, you were like, "Oh, fuck! What the hell is this shit?" <laughs> it was the year he was our starting quarterback, so there was a little hope. But <laughs> I told Jason, I was like, "Yo, I would have if she asked me. I would have told her not to get a Geno Smith jersey. Yeah, <laughs> get, get someone, uh, get someone else. I Even mean, though DeBerkashaw Ferguson would have been like the only one who actually." Made sense or with Nick that, how bad that Jets team was. Or Nick Mangold. Yeah, I'd rock the, a Mangold jersey that's, for sure. Mangold's or DeBerkashaw. Both of them are nasty. Uh, Guys, hold on. The Packers, Aaron Jones came on the field. They got to delay a game or they called a timeout. And then they brought A.J. Dillon back in. No, A.J. Dillon was on the field. Jason's a little uh, Oh, you're ahead of us. us. Are you serious right now? That's, what is that's happening? Like, A.J. Dillon has six rushes for 37 yards already. I mean, they're just going to probably rush both of them like crazy because they have no wide receivers. Bengals at Jets is the next one. Like I said, like I was saying, for I think let's start on the Jets side because I think there's one person that I that I'm excited about playing on the Jets, and I'm not even excited that excited. It shouldn't be anyone. Yeah, but I, there's one. There is one person because Mike White came in and all he did was throw to Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. That's all he did. Just threw the running backs. That's true. Michael Carter got eight receptions. And, you know, this is the time to see, you know. Oh, boys. This is the time to put it in uh, his hand. Aaron Jones said, fuck y'all, big man touchdown. Yeah. Nice. Big man nice. touchdown. Yes. Nice. Hoping for a big man touchdown out of Michael Carter. But I think that you could at least 
expect some catches for him. I think he's a good flex play this week. But Mr. Kata. Everyone else on the Jets side, nah, no way. Look, man, sure, you want to start Michael Carter because, you know, he's getting more snaps. He's the fun rookie. He's looking pretty good, actually. But then you remember it's a Mike White-led Jets team for a Bengals defense that just absolutely dominated last week and several weeks in a row. They're they're a very good team now, it seems. Like, even if you don't want to buy into the Bengals, they're doing their best they can to prove to you that they are very good. And uh, it's it's not something you could just overlook at this point. The Bengals are a good team. You don't want to target them like we have in the past. And with Mike White at quarterback for the Jets, like Corey Davis becomes a risky flex. Jamison Crowder is almost out of like contention of starting at this point, in my opinion. I don't think you could trust him. And then who else are you going to start? It's either the running backs, and maybe you get some flex appeal out of these guys. Like you said, Michael Carter caught eight balls. Ty Johnson caught six or seven as well. Yeah. He scored a touchdown. Like if you're real, but I so feel like Carter. it's just it's just straight up desperation at this point. If you trust Ty Johnson, and I think Michael Carter is a bit um, desperate as well. But I would prefer Carter of the two if I had to start a Jets running back, and I think he does have some flex appeal just because he may end up catching another eight balls. Yeah. All right, let's go over to the side that's going to get some uh, some work. On paper, this looks like a great matchup for Joe Mixon. Uh, TD saved his day last week. He should excel here. I'm always nervous about Joe Mixon, but this this might be the kind of matchup where you could start Joe Mixon and you could start Samaji Piran. Guys, <laughs> you want to hear one of the most ridiculous things of all time? Oh, snap. Is Jones in, Jay? Did they rule it a touchdown? Since you're ahead of yeah, us. Yeah, it's a touchdown. Yes. Yeah. Um, one of the most ridiculous things of all time. The New York Jets played the Carolina Panthers week one. Christian McCaffrey's backfield. They don't split work, obviously. Every other game, there have been at least two running backs to score double-digit PPR points against them. Wow. That's how bad the Jets have been against the running back. They are over 100% in points over average. They are by far and away the absolute best matchup you could possibly have for an opposing running back right now. You start Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan may end up being a top 24 running back this week, too, as crazy as that sounds. I think it might happen. There's a chance. Like, there's a really legitimate chance. (laughs) Um, I know a lot of people are excited about Joe Burrow. Last week, he had his career high in touchdowns and in yards. Um, I think this might be a little bit of a letdown game because he's coming off those career highs, and he had such a great great game. The Jets... uh, a really bad game last week. The Jets went from 19th in matchup for quarterbacks to second. That's how bad they did. That's what happens when you have when you get 53 points scored on you in the game. Everything jumps up. But I just think this game's going to be so out of hand so early that you're going to see a situation like like Ryan Tannehill last week had 20 points in the first half and then ended with 20 points. Like he didn't do anything in the second half. And I think you might see that again just because it's going to be such a blowout. What do you think, Jake? To that, I'd say that's what the Bengals did to the Ravens last week. It was essentially a blowout from the start. That's a different not, story. Bro, I'm not sitting Joe Burrow just because he might blow out the Jets. Because you know what might blow out means? It means you're going to score points. And Joe Burrow, I loved him last week. Like, I thought he was a great play against Baltimore. And he balled out because he's been great. If you look at all his peripheral stats, head over heels better than he was his rookie season. The only thing is that he hasn't been throwing as much. And now uh, the 
the Bengals are taking the training wheels off a bit. I'm pretty sure I saw, I don't remember where, but that the Bengals now have the most, the highest pass percentage and new game neutral times. Yeah. It's been a so huge like when increase a from the first half of the Close season. score. So recently they've been passing more than any other team, unless they're up by a lot. So they're going to pass until they're up by a lot. I'm starting Burrow happily. Honestly, I'm going to ask you guys this because because I'm allowed on the podcast. I have Joe Burrow against the Jets and Kirk Cousins against the Cowboys. Oof. Burrow. I will start Cousins. Right now I have Burrow in. But the Jets Burrow just gave is going to... 50 points to Mac Jones. Yes. I'm starting yeah, Burrow. I mean... Burrow is going to hit Jamar Chase for at least one 75-yard touchdown because that seems <laughs> to happen every week. True. Uh T. Higgins is finally going to get in the end zone again. Mark my words. If you want to bet a T. Higgins anytime touchdown scorer, that's going to catch this week. I like that's, that. I like that's that. bold. T. Higgins got 15 targets last week. He didn't do much with them, but he got 15 targets last week. Yeah, the boy will be fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. He's a talented player I coming th- back from an injury. Bro, 15 targets is 15 targets. Let's. He still had a decent game. He's fine in the end zone this week. If I had to bet, if I was a betting man, I'd say the big games come from P. Ryan. Mixing, P. Ryan, and then not not what about this, Chris not in this order, not in this order, but Mixon, P. Ryan, and I, you can't deny Jamar Chase. Like Jamar Chase is gonna have a big game. Locked and loaded wide receiver one. Locked and loaded. Locked and wait. Loaded. The Raiders are on by this week. His, Damn, we don't get to talk about the locked and loaded PPR wide receiver three Hunter Renfro. <laughs> His ECR Jamar Chase is fourth right now. Rightfully so. I don't know, man. He. That's high. I just wrote a. Um, I was looking at the uh, fun stats thread, and one of them was about Jamar Chase. Him and Deontay Johnson are the only wide receivers, like legit wide receivers, not like trash wide receivers or whatever, that have not had a single wide receiver four or worse performance this year. Wow. And Jamar Chase is a rookie. Only him and Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson missed a game. So, like, Jamar Chase, maybe Deontay Johnson doesn't, cut that this week and then it's just chased by himself but he's just been an absolute monster he's you should have been a weekly wide receiver three every single week what do you mean we have the steelers next so you should have ended this game with that you're not yeah. a you're not a pro at transitions yet you have a lot to learn from we your are older we brother are, i have a lot to learn young sasquatch well we didn't talk about uzuma yet who All right, yes. is jamar chase light <laughs> but real quick real quick <laughs> he catches a 50 yard touchdown all the time as well that's true i do want to say i just wrote a by uh, uh, excuse me, a sell high article, um, about Joe Mixon after this Jets game, sell him high. I beg of you. But now, Jason, you could talk about Uzuma. On that note, though, he has seven target, eight targets combined in the last three games. But he has three touchdowns in those games, five touchdowns in the last four. At this point, if you're starting a tight end, it's just a gamble on a touchdown, and Uzuma's been scoring touchdowns. Not the worst start. I have him outside my top twelve, but I won't. I won't be mad at you if you take the shot. T, uh, not T Higgins. Well, T Higgins is the true target value wide receiver five. Joe Burrow is the true tar- true throw value quarterback one. Baby, you think he likes throwing to Jamar Chase? I think he likes throwing to Jamar Yo, Chase. That's that is a combination that works. Yeah. I will say that. Yo, look, full transparency. I dropped Joe Burrow for Ryan Tannehill. And I'm kind of I'm kind of regretting it. Jason Thanks, Tim. Joe Burrow. Um, but I put Fab on him. I could not believe my eyes. I expected more from you. Yeah, I know that was a that was a dumb move. But it, Jason mean, told me I was like, "That's a 
That's interesting. By by apocalypse, <laughs> man, it does it does uh, strange things to you. But but you could have started Burrow last week. He wasn't on by apocalypse. Yeah, but I wasn't trying <laughs> to start him against the Ravens. Jason Obviously, Jason that yelled was a bad from the decision. rooftop. Obviously, that was a bad decision. Plus the eighty. Two yard Jamar Chase touchdown certainly helped. He's he's like catch I don't know, run. man. He's just uh, looking at Joe Burrow. I, I just don't see what Barking everyone sees. Angles. I I think Jamar Chase is a big is a big deal for him. He gets him a lot of yak. All right, let's go over to the next. Let's go over to the next one. Steelers at the Browns. Nick Chubb is back. Usually the Steelers are a good matchup. Um with Case Keenum and no hunt. Chubb will see the ball a minimal. Of 20 times. Excuse me. The, the Steelers are a bad matchup. I was like, I was reading that. I was like, what the, What are you talking about? But, you know, he's going to see the ball 20 times. I, I wonder if he even catches three or four balls. He, that's not really his forte. That's not his forte at all. But he has done a little bit of that in the past. I wonder what Dearness Johnson's role will be after having a big game. Does he get half the work? What does that mean if he does get half the work? Does that mean that? That Nick Chubb's not fully healthy yet doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be. Personally, I think Nick Chubb sees the ball a whole bunch of times, and I I'm, I love playing him in this one. How's it going to be? You have to start Nick Chubb, obviously. Yeah. He's outside of – I mean, Derrick Henry's probably the only person you could argue is a better pure runner than Nick Chubb. Or may, Jonathan Taylor has also put his hat in the ring this year with the way he's been running. But if Nick Chubb is back, you're starting Nick Chubb. I do think Dearness Johnson has some flex appeal, though, man. I – do not think they're just going to make this a Nick Chubb party, only Nick Chubb party off of a off of an injury stint. I think the Ernest Johnson gets a decent amount of work as well. And we saw Johnson last week play well. Um very well actually. He was number one in he's now number one in rushing yards over expected. Obviously that's flawed at the moment because it's only a one game sample out of him, but it just goes to show you how how well he ran um last week. So I do think he keeps a little bit of a role here maybe not Kareem Hunt's extent but I could see 35 percent of the carries or touches for him that would be ideal because then that puts him in the category where if he can do something with those carries that he gets then he'll be flexible he flex worthy because again Case Keenum is the quarterback they're going to run the ball as much as they hum- they possibly can so if you can if you can get in the field 35 percent of the time then you're not worried about that from Chubb's perspective and it's a good it's a good number for Johnson's perspective the tight ends would be a great matchup in this one if you could figure out who's going to play. Um, yeah. I guess I, I would go with David Njoku if I had to bet on one of them. I've I've given up on the uh, the Cleveland tight end situation because none of them are – even the games where one of them is playing well at this point, besides Njoku's two big breakout games, the correct Cleveland tight end to play is still not a strong play, really. So I just – I'm done chasing that. Uh, Jason. Jarvis Landry himself says that he will play. Not sure about OBJ. Donovan Peoples-Jones hasn't practiced. Tight ends remain unpredictable like Michael just talked about. Can you start a pass catcher for the Browns? Ideally, no. Definitely not in a wide receiver one, two, or three spot. This is where Pitt has been um, vulnerable, though. It's through the air this year. Yeah, well, the Browns don't care about that. They're a run-first team. They're a tight end-using team. Fair enough. Baker Mayfield's probably going to return, and full practice. He's for probably, Baker. yeah. I I expect a conservative yeah. approach today. And even when he's not conservative, OBJ sucks, and Jarvis Landry catches seven yards for seven balls for thirty yards. I, so that's a little hyperbolic. <laughs> 
I would certainly feel more comfortable starting Landry over OBJ, though. I, I agree. think that's very clear. I at agree. This point. Yeah. yeah, I think Landry. And Jarvis Landry played last week. He did, but he ended up leaving with yeah. an injury. Um, he got hurt again, but now he said he's he's ready to go. I'd I'd start Jarvis Landry as a wide receiver three in this matchup. Pitt has been vulnerable to wide receivers this season. I know Jason pointed out that it doesn't really matter for Cleveland, but they do have to pass the ball. Um, Pitt is coming off of a bye as well. Typically, that means a better um, performance from opposing defenses. Definitely not in the, not for the Jets last week though. But otherwise, typically that's how it works. So I think uh, I think they're going to end up needing to pass a bit. Jarvis Landry should see eight plus targets. So I think he's fits into that typical Jarvis Landry wide receiver three mold. OBJ is just a risky flex play at this point. That's that's just a matter of fact. We have to stop living in the past with OBJ, man. Um. I say we collectively as a fantasy football world. I am sitting OBJ in Scott Fish this week, and I have I'm like I'm starting scrubs over him. Like that, he. I mean, I don't blame you. It's it's a tough situation, Uh, which means he's gonna go 100 yards and two touchdowns. I I I can (laughs) literally almost guarantee that that's not gonna happen. Uh, Let's go over to the other side. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. The Browns have given up the eighth most big plays in the league this season to the wide receiver, 24, and the second most receiving TDs, 16. This should be a good matchup against them. Chase Claypool has had success against the Browns in the past. Like I said, they're they're they are susceptible, they are vulnerable, and these two guys are going to get the majority of the work. I like both of them this week. How do you guys feel? Jason, I'll start with you. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, listen, Big Ben is washed, but when you're dealing with an old quarterback, <laughs> more than a young one for sure, bye weeks matter. And right now, Big Ben has more shoulder muscle or less tears in his shoulder than he's had all year. And Chase Claypool's coming off a seven-target game. Deontay Johnson is going to get his 13 targets every fucking week. So there's a lot to like. There's a lot to like for those two receivers this week. I'm starting both of them confidently. And my favorite sleeper play in this game is Pat Fryermuth. Um, I picked him up in my FFPC big money league where my team is fucking killing it. I have Aaron Jones going right now. Uh, and I was going to start him at tight end this week, but then Gronk is expected to return, so that's not going to happen. But he had a career high seven targets last week. Um, I mean, in week six, turned it into seven catches because they're high probability throws that he's seeing. And he also got 558 yards. Eric Ebron's name just popped up on the injury report with a hamstring injury. Those are never good. So Fryermuth is my uh, sleeper play of the week for tight end. How many times do you guys think this year, uh, this week, Ben Roethlisberger was just like on the couch drinking a beer, like, hug it, chug it, football. <laughs> he's basically that guy from Zach and Mary. Yeah, the, the, the beer was... <laughs> Filling in the tears in his shoulder muscle. Football. <laughs> Najee uh, is a volume play, as always. Najee Harris gets an absolutely ridiculous amount of touches. Yeah. It's absolutely absurd what they're doing with Najee Harris. Like, <laughs> there's no way he could fail from a fantasy football perspective because they just give him the ball so damn much. The Browns are actually a really good matchup for quarterbacks. They are the fourth best matchup according to points over average. They give up 25% more points than um, the average, where the quarter, specifically against the quarterbacks they play. But it should be noted 
that that's because they have given up the second most rushing touchdowns in the league to quarterbacks, three. Big Ben will not make it four in this game. So uh, don't don't get too excited about that and play Big Ben. Let's go over in to the next QQB game. QB leagues, oh. you don't you could trust Big Ben as like a QB two, I think. Would you play Big Ben or Sam Darnold? I'd probably go with Big Ben, even though Darnold Darnold has such fuck a fuck out of here. Yeah, fuck out of here. Darnold, I'm playing Darnold. You guys want to make a bet? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure, whatever. You're probably gonna win. But what a what a whack! This you is guys like a... both legit just made fun of me for saying <laughs> that, and then said you you're probably gonna win. I don't want to do the bet. This is a I said I'll bet. take it. You yes, this is vicious. A, you too. This is a lackluster bet. It's lackluster. Oh my god! I'm trying to make gracious. I'm trying to make high stakes bets. I'm done with this bullshit. I need a I need a Bitcoin from Tom Brady. All right, Eagles at Lions. What a lovely pile of shit this game is. Like this game is, is two teams that suck. But, like, it's fantasy points galore. Um, both of these teams' defense have been extremely vulnerable to the running backs, which means DeAndre Swift and Jalen Hurts. That's right. I said running back. But About I'm going to. time you said something. <laughs> um, look. I mean, I'm not too excited about the running backs for the Eagles. We'll get into that for a second. But Swift and Jalen Hurts are the big plays in this game. What do you guys think is, look, in my opinion, people picked up Boston Scott. People picked up Kenneth Gainwell or they had Kenneth Gainwell. And now they're expecting them to do more. But if you had Miles Sanders and you're only giving him 10 rushes at most in a game, what makes you think that they're all of a sudden going to change their philosophy and run more? to make Kenneth Gainwell or Boston Scott viable when Miles Sanders wasn't viable? Like, why would Boston Scott be my, viable in Miles Sanders' role if Miles Sanders wasn't? And so I think that the people starting, I think they're they're starting a pipe dream. They think they're in a great matchup. Oh, yeah, the Lions suck against running backs, and so it's, it's going to be a lot of yards to be had. Those yards are going to be had by Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. So I think that's that's how I'm feeling about about the running game in, in Philly. How are you feeling about that, Mike? Jalen Hurts, I don't know, he's not running that much. I feel like there's a lot of not crazy uh, QB running he has the, this year, yeah, but he has the especially second compared most, to last year. He has the second most QB rushes. So, like, relatively... For sure, but, like, he's not having those, like, 80-yard rushing performances, like those crazy rushing performances like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson have had in the past. He did have 61 rushing yards last week, so he ran a lot more, but it's just... They clearly wanted to get the uh, the running backs involved last week. Miles Sanders getting a ton of work. Kenneth Gainwell started to get a ton of work. And now Miles Sanders is out. It's a matchup against Detroit. The The issue is that Boston Scott out-carried Kenneth Gainwell, which is not good. Um, but Kenneth Gainwell saw eight targets. I do think Kenneth Gainwell plays as a low-end RB2 this week against Detroit because of the matchup. And I think he's going to get 10, 15-plus opportunities so I'm not I'm not gonna completely avoid him. I think he has a good shot to have a decent game here. Uh, Jason, how are you feeling about the pass catching matchups? Uh, I know Jalen Hurts is your guy. I I got him a quarterback too this week. Like I'm really high on Jalen Hurts this week. I think that he's gonna use his legs. I think he'll get 50 yards on the ground. I think he'll he's got five rushing touchdowns. I think he'll get another one in this game. Jason, but he's got to throw the ball too. And Devontae Smith has been. He's been he's been bad, and Jalen Rager has been bad too. So can you trust him in this game against what looks like a good matchup against the Lions? Real quick, 
I'll, I'll get to that. But Kenneth Gainwell, him, because to see where you guys are at with him, him or Marvin Jones? Jones. Kenneth Gainwell. You guys suck. You keep splitting it. Jason, we All know right. we know you're trying to make that decision in our home league. Is yeah, he, I don't. I'm I didn't going against. I'm going against him too. <laughs> I didn't know that. Fuck. I know that. Uh, but I'll listen, always know that. I meant to say is there any well. any concern here, Tim? Woo! Damn, Mercedes. Mercedes Lewis has made a one-handed touchdown catch in the pack. Dope catch, the but, his, but his foot his foot was out. Ah. Oh. Oh really? Oh damn! That's yeah. why you I, I tweeted in all caps. Mercedes only needs one hand, and then quote tweeted and said, "But needs another foot." <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. It's a good one. Good work, good work, kid. It's a good one. Um, but damn, you'll catch in half. <laughs> is there any concern, boyos, that Jalen Hurts doesn't have to score two or three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win? Yeah, Jason was saying on the Patreon pod that this is this is the week he's most scared of Jalen. This Hurts. is the this is the week I'm scared of Jalen Hurts. Nah. I'm starting Jalen Hurts, man. It's like yeah, it's like nah. when Daniel Jones was playing the Falcons, and I was like, Nah, everyone's starting him this week. Nah, this isn't the good week for that. That's, this Listen, is not the same. I I hope not. I'm just saying he has he's been scoring all his points in the fourth quarter. So tis true, tis it, true. It's just yeah, something to note. But that's because he's been playing better teams. Now he just score the points in earlier quarters against the worst. I mean, I'm, I'm still starting him. I'm just making note of that. And also, the Eagles have Jordan Howard on their practice squad. So I don't want Nick Sirianni to do some dumb shit. He might. Where they activate Jordan Howard and then make him the goal line back. Because I'll punch Tim right in the gut if that happens. Why me? We're all trying to punch Tim today. Yeah. I have a very punchable gut. It's it's uh, It's punchable. Um, to be honest, you know, it was like, a, no, I, I'm not even going to say it. Oh, boy. <laughs> what, what, what? He was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. all right, uh, let's go on to the, the Lions then. Uh, Hawk and Swift is what you're going to do. And Tim, are you not a little scared that TJ Hawkins had <laughs> used his best two games? Wasted, no. Used up his best no, two games? I'm not scared. Beginning oh, Robert Tanya's by himself? Say hike. Uh, say hike. I don't know. Hawk has become very. Normal, just saying. Oh my goodness! I'm He's starting. Become, I'm starting Randall Cobb in a league two, and he just missed him in the end zone. Hawk has become very, very normal since week two. Emphasis on very, very. It's a good matchup. I think that Hawkinson gets in the end zone this week. I mean, you got to start him if you're a tight end. I mean, if you have him in your tight end slot, I assume because of the options. But nah, man, <laughs> he just hasn't. He hasn't been it. Since week two, and it's um, I'm not super excited about it. DeAndre Swift is basically we we said like yo everyone take it easy with DeAndre Swift until he does something. All right, now he's been doing things. Now it's all right. Uh, let's let's maybe we can crown this guy. He was such an such an obvious easy pick at ADP this entire off season. The fact that he never made it out of like the third round was absurd to me. He was such an easy obvious pick there. It's oh. just nuts. Like this was so obvious. Like that, DeAndre Swift would at least be, would at least return that volume. I got DeAndre Swift in the, in the fourth round of one of my teams, and yeah, it's I was crazy. Very excited about that. Yeah, you have to start DeAndre Swift for sure in this matchup. You have to forget about Jamal Williams, guys. I wouldn't say forget about him, but he's a low end flex. Forget player. about no, he is a waiver wire guy now. No, Leave him on the no, damn no, waiver man, wire. He's Fourteen carries a game, and this is a, a, a Tim. Enough with your. <sighs> he's on my home team bias. It's no, a, it has nothing. He's to do a with fucking that. dweeb. 
this is a good matchup. This is a very good matchup. That should be noted. The Eagles are the second worst team against the run to the Jets. The Jets are are a lot worse. You want them to do good. We get it. We get it. You want them oh to do good. God. Jason, I'm going to punch you in the in the jejunum. When was the last time he right did good, Mr. Jejunum? Huh? Week one was the only time he's done anything. Week, week two. But it's like, but he's been getting the opportunities. <laughs> it's week eight, man. Look, man, I, sometimes you got to live in the past. What do, you, what do you want me to tell you? Look, low-end flex play is what I'm telling you, like a desperation. If you need someone who's going to get touches, he's going to get touches. All right. Tim, P. Ryan or Jamal Williams? P. Ryan. P. Ryan easily, yeah. P. Ryan, yeah. Because it's the Hines. same role. Hines, Naheem, or Jamal Williams? Williams. P. Ryan, man. 1, oh, I thought you were talking about P. Ryan, too. Williams. I'd play Williams over Hines. I agree. Hines has Tony Pollard? basically Tell no him to catch point. up. I'd go Paul Pollard over Jamal. Yeah, I'd go Pollard, too. I am going Pollard over Jamal in one of my leagues. Dearnest. Dearnest over Jamal. Jamal. I don't know Dearnest's role. So your role, Jamal. Where are you getting? Like, are you just... Is this for a thing, or you're just asking? I'm just asking, boy. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the net last game on the du- on the Dukat. Uh, the Rams Ducati. at the Texans. Daryl Henderson is my RB4 this week. Oh. Yahtzee. Questionable to return with a hamstring injury. Oof. DeAndre Hopkins. And I just That's dropped... Rough. I just dropped Rondell fucking Moore. <sighs> Sorry. DeAndre, get well soon. Um, Rams at Texans. Daryl Henderson is my RB4 this week. So that gives you an idea of what I think he's going to do. Cooper Cup is the expert consensus wide receiver one, which is pretty wild. Um, I was on the Cooper Cup bandwagon all offseason, but I didn't even think it was going to get this good. Um, and then I think this game could be a big blowout. I think I, I think that's obvious. The Rams are a much better team than the Texans. The Texans, Brandon Cook like pull, tweeted out, Cooks. What, like Brandon Cook said, what the fuck, this is bullshit after they traded Mark Ingram. Uh, I mean, I mean, did he think his team was trying to win though? Mark know, Ingram man. was the last straw. It's yeah. different in the locker room, you know. These guys put their bodies on the line, and they're not going to. I mean, win. they played in New Orleans together. They're obviously <laughs> friends, but like, I don't know. What are you shocked about? I mean, you just you don't got to be shocked to tweet something. I suppose. <coughs> this is this is the game I'm more concerned about. Like Joe Burrow against the Jets is one thing, but Stafford against the Texans. Look, Josh Allen was quarterback 13 against the Texans. Kyler Murray, quarterback 8. Good quarterbacks do their scoring quickly against the Texans, or they're just going to kill them on the ground. I think it's a great Daryl Henderson game. I'm a little concerned about Matt Stafford and the pass catchers. They're going to have to do it quickly. Matt Stafford and the pass catchers? Not enough to not start them. Like, There's also a chance they continue to be beasts because Stafford's been a QB1. Cup is amazing. Also, Tyler Higby, again, targeted 11 times in the red zone this year, five times inside the 10. He only has one touchdown. I expect Higby to start scoring more. Third tight end and true target value as well. Uh, Hig- this is also a great matchup. The Texans are second best matchup for tight ends. 75% points over average, almost 16 points a game for, to tight ends this year. Uh, the Titans are a great matchup against tight end. I, 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 like, I like Tyler Higby as well in this game. Um, on the other side, though, what did you guys mention Robert Woods yet, though? I mean, Robert Woods is a wide receiver three at this point uh, I'm not, I'm, with uh, low ceiling, it seems. I don't think he's going to do anything. Outside game, of that so. one game where they literally said they were going to target him a bunch, he has not been a very good fantasy player. 
and it's unfortunate. It's the ice cream sandwich, but it's Cooper Cup's show. Yeah, uh, he's he's unreal. No Texans for me. I think Tyrod Taylor, if he starts, then I'm more likely. Does Philip Lindsay get the role? Does David Johnson get the role? That Mark Ingram, like Mark Ingram, left a lot of work. He was getting a bunch of carries. Um, he was getting a bunch of carries. Who gets the work? That so I'm I'm not trying to play that game, especially against the Rams, who are vulnerable against the on the ground, but still. And then Jalen Ramsey on Brandon Cooks. I'm not trying to play that game either. I think he's a wide receiver three volume based. He's going to see a lot of targets. But this was my issue all along with Brandon Cooks when I called him a sell high and like I didn't want to have to deal with this this exact thing. Like the Texans are so bad that Brandon Cooks, even if he has to be great. And even if he's playing great, it just doesn't happen because Davis Mills or Tyrod Taylor can't get it to him. So I'm just, it's it's not great. I'm not happy about starting Brandon Cooks this week, but he he literally just needs one play every now and then where he breaks free to have a big game, and he's done it several times. But he could also go two catches for 18 yards on eight targets because Davis Mills can't get him the ball. That's the issue. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not trying to start him. No, I'm not playing that game. Jason, uh, any uh, any conflicting opinions? No. All right. Well, that's the end of our first episode. The least watched, the lesser watched episode of the two. Always confusing, but nevertheless. Jason, where could they it's find It's not you? confusing. We know why. Why? Oh, because it, it plays could... first. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It plays first on the algorithms. It's all the algorithms' fault, although the algorithms gave us a whole bunch of nice goodness. This year, so I can't be so mad at the algorithms. Jason, where can they find you? Michael just dropped yeah, his You're weird sometimes, Michael just dropped his mic. I didn't just drop my mic. Tim did. <laughs> you just dropped your mic all by yourself. But I caught it. I know you are, but what am I? I got a claw. Oh. I, don't even, I don't even got a mic stand. I got I got the I got the claw, bro. We out here clawing. Claw. You guys, you guys get, should get one of these. This is a great investment. I don't think anyone has any idea what you're talking about. The, this, I mean, uh, I use a stand. No, the stand We're sucks. We're talking about mic stands. Now, the stand sucks. You got to get the one that you can adjust it any way. If you feel like going back, it comes with you. If you feel like going forward, it comes with you. Up and down, side to side. It's the best. You're big time. I get it. You know, sometimes you just got to, you know, flex. Sometimes you just got to flex. It it's certainly works better with than mic the, holders. the stand. <laughs> Uh, Jason, where the fuck did they find you? you you're you the one that tells us before a game, we'll make this for an hour. Yeah. Let's go. You guys can find me in our home league where I'm going to lay the smack down on Tim this week. I can't wait to beat you. I I got you lined up. I got you lined up right where I want you. I have great matchups this week. I am not scared. I'm not scared of your bitch. You'd be scared if you didn't have great matchups. No, I would be scared if Michael, if I was playing Michael. Michael's team is nice. I would be scared. You know my team is nice. Your team is skata, as they say in Greek. I have three top 12 receivers. My team is Kamara and CMC. Michael's team is very good. Michael's team. I've scored one fifty plus six of seven. Michael weeks. in our in our home league. This is this is what he does. Michael dominates the regular season, <laughs> and then loses. Yeah, the second, exactly. Second round He's of the doing playoffs. it all over again. Uh, it's, <laughs> I prefer my team to Michael's. I get it. All right, he has Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup. Good. Let these guys score their eighteen touchdowns before the playoffs. Go ahead. Keep it rolling, guys. Michael, Keep it rolling. Michael, aren't you just a little nervous? That uh, Cooper Cup's best games are uh, behind him? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, where could they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim. You can find Cass at BrotoFF Broto Jason. <laughs> I didn't say mine. 
I wanted to join in on the fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find Cass at BrotoFF Casanova, uh, the mathematician himself. I uh, see what we did there. Branding. Uh, at Broto Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. Catch us at your nearest, uh, you know, sandwich shop, eating a sandwich. What? I have no idea what the fuck I meant. <laughs> Sal Chris and Charlie's, baby. If you're ever in New York City, go to Astoria. Sal Chris and Charlie's, sandwich king in New York City. True that. And they're right. It is the sandwich king. And make sure you get the sweet peppers. They make them themselves. They're banging. They're absolutely banging. Later. Later.